May it please the listeners. My name is Rich Schoenstein, and this is Law Brief. I am joined today by my colleague, Alexis Grudadaria, or Lexi, as we call her. How are you doing, Lexi? I'm doing well, Rich. How are you? I'm excellent. And we're going to talk about power of attorney. We have all kinds of powers, but this is a particular term and a particular thing. Let's start at the beginning, as we always do on this podcast. Lexi, what is power of attorney? So a power of attorney actually has absolutely nothing to do with being an attorney. The power of attorney is just a document that you as a principal, that means somebody who's 18 years or older, signs to give somebody else, who we call your agent or your attorney in fact, the power to help you out and do things legally and financially on your behalf. I mean, these pop up all over the place, but what are some common examples of where you might run into a power of attorney? So a lot of times the most simple and obvious one is when you're closing on the sale of real estate. You might give your actual attorney a power of attorney to close on the sale for you so you don't have to go across the country to sign all the paperwork. That's the simplest version. You might also get a standard form from your bank to give someone else the ability to access your accounts. But the kind of power of attorney that we're really talking about is called a statutory short form power of attorney for New York State. And that's for dealing with everything else. So typically it's for allowing your agent to help you in the unfortunate circumstance that you're either disabled, incapacitated, and in some way can't handle your affairs on your own or sometimes for happier reasons, that you're just out of the country and out of pocket so that they can handle things for you. Right. And and lots of people, when they're doing estate planning or thinking about where they're going to be later in life, will enter into a power of attorney giving their better half or some other relative power to act on their behalf should they become unable to do so. Absolutely. And actually, an interesting thing about the power of attorney in New York is that by default, it is a durable power of attorney. So that means that it is effective immediately and also survives when the principal, the signer, becomes incapacitated. So that's kind of the default. While most people do do it as a part of estate planning, it's actually a document that really everyone should have as soon as they're 18. I have a lot of people who use the power of attorney to give their parents the ability to help them out with financial aid, with school things for college. Because once you turn 18, you lose your parents' help in that regard in a lot of ways. So it's really a document that everyone should have because no one's immune to these kinds of issues. Right. All right. Well, and we're talking about it today because I guess we're we're up against some changes in the law regarding power of attorney in the state of New York, right? We are. So the power of attorney as it exists before June 13th, 2021, was a comprehensive two-part form that was enacted in 2009 and 2010. It was a as I said, a two-part form that one part dealt with straight financial and legal transactions, 
And the second part dealt with the ability to make gifts. What's happened in this iteration is they've combined it back into one form, which in some ways is great and in other ways makes things a little bit more complicated. The law also made some other changes that we'll talk about as we go today. Tell us about some more of the big changes or the more significant changes in the new law. Sure. So a lot of the changes in the new law have to do with, like I said before, combining the forms and also making them appear to be more secure. A big concern in this process was the possibility for financial and legal elder abuse or abuse of people with disabilities that are signing these forms. So one of the major changes is that you now need to have not only a notary, but two witnesses in order to execute a power of attorney under the new New York law. So that's going to make it a little more difficult, but in theory, we should make it a more secure process. The other big change is that the power of attorney now has language in the law that requires third parties. That's any third party that's doing business in the state of New York to accept a properly constructed power of attorney. In the prior law, they were required to accept the power of attorney, but there were no real teeth to that. Now they can be held liable for legal fees and damages if they refuse to accept a power of attorney without a really good reason. So meaning if someone gives them a power of attorney and they say, we're not going to rely on that, and then the person with the power of attorney has to go to court to enforce its terms, they may be able to recover their fees in doing so. Absolutely. That's the biggest change. Because before we couldn't, you could go to court and get them, but the only recourse you had really was specific performance. Now you get damages and fees. All right. Well, those are interesting changes. And the execution one is, of course, different. So let me ask you a follow-up to that. If you have a power of attorney already, do you need to go out and get a new one in light of these changes? I'm going to give you a very attorney answer. It depends. (laughs) Excellent. My favorite answer. All right. What does it depend on? So if you've done your power of attorney in the last 10 years, and you did it with an attorney, and that's going to be key, you should be okay, at least for the next couple of years. As we get further out from the implementation date of the new law, financial institutions and other places that you're going to be showing your power of attorney to are going to get more and more used to the new form, and they will be less inclined to accept older forms. That's one reason that you should eventually switch over, but it's not as important to immediately do a new one if you've done a power of attorney since 2010. If you did your power of attorney before 2010, you absolutely should redo it because the pre-2010 form and the new form look nothing alike. And just from a practical perspective, you're going to want to have the most up-to-date form. Okay. When you say if you've did it in the last 10 years with an attorney, what do you mean with an attorney? That's an excellent question. So if you had an estate plan prepared 
by an estate planning attorney and you did your all of your advanced directives, including your power of attorney and your will and your trusts or whatever else you did, we can hopefully safely assume that they did that power of attorney correctly and that it will stand up to the scrutiny of that form. That's one of the other changes I didn't mention. They lightened up on the what's really kind of a technical difference in the prior iteration. So the 2010 form, you had to have exact wording as per the statute, including grammar mistakes in the legislation. So if you corrected those, the bank could reject your power of attorney. They changed that in the new law. So that's no longer true. So what happened, unfortunately, is a lot of people need a power of attorney, go somewhere on the internet and find one, download it, and fill it out incorrectly. If you did that between 2009, 2010, and now, the chances that you accidentally either got a form that was already wrong or in filling it out, didn't fill it out exactly correctly is so incredibly high that I can't in good conscience say that you'd be okay. Right. Those forms have, if, if I recall them, they have a lot of options as to, for example, the powers you're delegating to the attorney. And you have to be very specific in what you're giving them the power to do. And you have to check various things or cross them off or put in exceptions. There's a lot to do to the form. So right? that's actually really interesting. In the old form, if you just did checking off in those boxes that you're talking about, that would actually be an improper execution you had to initial in each one of those boxes. And if you say, wanted to change a word or add a little bit, and you did that in the wrong place, that would invalidate your form insofar as a third party having to recognize it. So all these little things added up to why the law got changed, really. Right. It's not a good place for a do-it-yourself uh, fix-it, huh? It's not. And I know last time I was with you, I said that about wills as well, but powers of attorney can be even more devastating if not done exactly correctly because there's a lot of technical stuff going on in the background. Right. And let me ask you a couple other questions that come to mind, common questions I hear about powers of attorney when clients are interested in putting them into effect. Generally speaking, are they revocable? Absolutely. As long as you are a capacitated adult, you can revoke them. The only kind of hitch is you do have to revoke them in writing, and then you have to deliver the revocation to the agents that are affected and anyone else that has been given the power of attorney. Otherwise, they can continue to rely on it until they have actual knowledge that it's been revoked. And I would imagine there is some specificity to the form of the revocation and the delivery, and you got to be careful with that document too. Again, it depends, but if you want to make sure that it got revoked properly, that's another job for an attorney, really. If you don't revoke a power of attorney, how long does it remain in effect? Forever. No, until you die. Your power of attorney dies with you. So this is what we call a lifetime planning form or an advanced directive. It, like I said, lasts through disability. But as soon as you die, the agent's authority evaporates. Are there any powers that a person cannot convey by power of attorney? 
There are a few. I'm getting to the challenging questions. Yeah, no, that's fine. So this kind of gets into some nitpicky nitty gritty of more in the elder law and special needs and mental health arenas. You can't give somebody the power to involuntarily commit you in the mental health world or commit you to rehab or force you into a nursing home. They can admit you into a nursing home, but not over your objection. What about healthcare decisions? Is a power of attorney a fair equivalent for a healthcare proxy? No. So in New York, we have completely separate forms for financial and legal, which is the power of attorney, and healthcare, which is the healthcare proxy. What you can include in the power of attorney is a HIPAA release that allows your power of attorney agent to consent to releasing your health information or to pay for healthcare or to arrange for paying for AIDS or paying out-of-pocket doctors. But making actual healthcare decisions is reserved to the agent under your healthcare proxy, which we can have a whole nother podcast about. All right. Well, we may come to that. Lexi, uh, you've been on before, but as you know, I like to have our guests talk a little bit about their practice. So tell us what you do and a little bit about the Trust in the States Department. Well, as Trust in the States attorneys, we help our clients and their families plan out their lives and what happens after their lives are over. We do advanced directives like the power of attorney and the healthcare proxy. We help clients arrange in our elder law practice for how they want to age and how they want to receive care either in their home or in a facility. For our special needs planning clients, we deal with government benefits and coordinating all of the different moving pieces for people with disabilities or mental health issues. And for our clients that are in the high net worth area, we help them with tax planning and how to responsibly guard the wealth that they've built and pass it on to their future generations. Excellent. And so it's closing argument time. What's our takeaway for our audience today about the new power of attorney law? The takeaway really is that if you don't already have one, think about getting one. And if you think if you already have powers of attorney in various places, now's the time to consolidate and revisit what powers you've given to your agent. Excellent. All right. Well, Lexi Gridadaria, thank you very much for joining us again and take care. Thanks, Rich. Thank you again for listening to Law Brief. Now here's something lawyerly, a disclaimer. We are not your lawyers. We do not have an attorney-client relationship, and this podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should contact and engage counsel of your own choosing who can best address your own situation and particular needs. You can find more information about our law firm, me, and many of our guests at our website, www.tartarkrinsky.com. We are a mid-size, full-service firm located in New York City and New Jersey. If you want to contact us for any reason, be it comments, topic ideas, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at You can also follow this podcast on iTunes, among other places, and we would very much appreciate it if you rate or review us. I'm Rich Schoenstein, and this was Law Brief. Mm-hmm.